0: Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Agenda, the date-focused note-taking app for iPad, iPhone, and Mac. Learn more at Agenda.com.
1: We are now going into a different concept. We're going to a concept where not only it is a scanner in your pocket, but also it's a place where you can store and work with your important documents so think of scanner pro kind of transforming into a secure a very comfortable space where you can store your ids where you can store your passport driving license your documents or like anything that you have in paper anything that you want to digitize and store securely and have like an easy access and then later on even to work with that right We've added this uh, feature that supports Pencil, so you can sign stuff, you can highlight stuff, and so on and so on.
0: Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. On this episode, we are joined by Dennis, board member of Readle. Readle is the creator of many apps you probably use, including Spark, Documents, Calendars, Scanner Pro, Printer Pro, PDF Converter, and PDF Expert. Dennis was last on the podcast back on episode 6. In this episode, we dive into Readle's many updates to all their apps including some news on updates that are still in the works and due out later this year or in 2021. We didn't have a ton of time in this episode to dive into PDF Expert, but Dennis has graciously given me 15 promo codes to unlock 12 months of PDF Expert Pro, which is a $50 subscription that unlocks the ability to customize the toolbar, reduce the file size of PDFs, and convert photos, websites, Microsoft Office, and iWork files to PDF. To be one of the 15 to get this promo code, simply email me at podcast at gmail.com. A review on Apple Podcasts would be appreciated as well, but is not required. So again, that email address is podcast at gmail.com. These codes are limited, so act now. And the codes are only valid until November 30th. So once you get your code, be sure to redeem it right away. And as a reminder, Patreon supporters will get early access to this episode So if you are a Patreon supporter, thank you for your support. And yeah, you have early access to ask for one of these codes. And if you'd like this opportunity in the future, you can sign up right now at patreon.com slash You Get early access to episodes and to get kind of tips like this when they are available. As a reminder, you can support the podcast a few different ways. Patreon is one of those ways, but also go out and download today's sponsor, Agenda, for free right now. Agenda is a fantastic app with an awesome new widget for iOS 14 and Scribble support. Another way to support the podcast is by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. Every review goes a long way in signaling to Apple to show this podcast more in search. Well, with that, here's my interview with Dennis. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Dennis. Back in August 2017 is when you were last on episode 6 of this show. So those that haven't listened back to the very early episodes, can you... Kind of reintroduce yourself for those that haven't.
1: Hello, Tim. Hello, everybody. It's been a while, right? It's been three years.
0: Yeah, lots happened in three years.
1: So I'm Dennis from Riddle. You guys might uh, know our products mostly around productivity. So I think many of you have seen and used Scanner Pro or Spark Email or Documents App or PDF Experts or Calendars. So we have right now five major productivity apps we just hit a new milestone by the way tim i think i didn't mention that before we just crossed a milestone of 150 million downloads of our apps isn't it crazy like just to think that 150 million people download our apps that's insane.
0: If you listen back to some of the earlier keynotes on Apple stages, they would be impressed by certain numbers like that for all of the App Store, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: certainly, right right now, this, right now it's the and numbers scary. and billions for Apple, right? right. But uh, I think for us, what's you, your question? What's been happening the last three years? We just doubled down on making our products better, and since we kind of create these essential productivity apps, whether it's calendar, email, scanning PDF or document management we thought, okay, how do we evolve and transform our apps that were like more simple in the past, like more of a tools into full-fledged services, into something that is so valuable so that people want to use them every day and rely on them. And we've been transitioning to subscription for some of our products and people loved it and we've just been adding value. And the team has grown to 200 people. Uh, I think it was like last week or two weeks ago, we just crossed enough this milestone of 200 people working at Tredo, as always. And uh, we always have been uh, profitable and self-funded. We've never raised any external capital. So that's why uh, we have no one to tell us what to do. And uh, I think that's why we can afford to to spend more time on creating value and uh, just polishing our products. And people seem to love them.
0: That's really impressive. You guys aren't a small developer anymore, if you were ever. Uh, I imagine back when you originally started with the iPhone back in 2008, you, you were. But yeah, that is a, an impressive size team working on these apps. Yep. So three years ago, people may remember, you guys introduced drag and drop within your own apps just weeks before Apple showed off their native drag and drop feature. And now with iPadOS 14, there's been a lot of stuff happening with you know Scribble and uh, some of the updates there. But uh, yeah, we have iPad OS now that wasn't around back when uh, Drag and Drop was introduced. So what's been happening these past three years? What are some of the bigger updates that you guys have pushed out prior to this fall, which you guys have a lot in store for the 14 update here?
1: I think the whole notion of uh, even three years ago, we definitely saw that iPad is the beast on its own. And to be honest, iPad is my favorite device. Unfortunately, you don't use it that much. As 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 like fully fledged uh, device that that's only that I have and use, I'm still relying heavily on Mac. But it was very obvious that uh, iPad needs a different kind of system and OS and a different kind of tools that are more professional that would allow people to do more. And uh, our drag and drop back then was the first attempt to show how things could be done. And what we saw, we saw a lot of problems with iOS on iPad, because it's a different form factor. And I think Apple has done a tremendous job eliminating those, those uh, little hiccups and uh, limitations from the system, right? We now yeah. have uh, run simultaneously different apps. We now, like Apple now just added widgets, and uh, it's interesting to see that Apple uh, has been uh, let's call inspired by what we do since they launched uh I think it was iOS 12 with their team when they added like scanning to their notes app and now they added scribble so people can uh, can annotate and write on PDFs and uh, they launched a Files app, which is kind of the file management system for uh, the ba- the back end of the whole iOS. And uh that's I think these are all amazing updates and the, these things make iPad much better. And for example, my brother who's a CEO of Gridle, uh he is using iPad I'd say eighty percent of the time and he can run the company of, of this size from his iPad, and that's that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. So this year surprisingly we got this magic keyboard with a trackpad on it and that's really changed how a lot of people are using their ipads for work how have you seen this you know within read the company and you know the people's usage of your apps has that been a big change for people getting worked on the ipad for you guys
1: that is a good question i think i think i don't have the data right right now to kind of back it up the notion that definitely we there is an uptick in usage of especially productivity and essential apps for work and uh, apps like uh, spark email or apps like pdf experts right or calendars even yeah actually after this podcast i will go and talk to my team to see to get some data but uh, this was one of the most requested features from our users uh, definitely for for across our portfolio as always our team has delivered uh this this feature very early on we were always as one of the first to adopt these new features. And uh, the feedback has been, has been incredible, and uh, I personally like it too, and it's just like it does change how we can work uh, with iPads. just like I think that this this shift is not is not so big in terms of the actual UX or how we interact, but it's more of a perception shift, right? Now we feel that okay, we have the keyboard, we have this pointer, and then if this feels more professional or. or feels like more mac in yeah. a way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're all used to that. And I think this, this is how our brain works. We just like, we are bound to things we know. And this ma- makes us easier to adopt new concepts. So I think overall that is an amazing change. And this is, a, I know personally, like a lot of people around me who were not iPad users before. They now get these magic keyboards and now they're using iPads as their first uh, first devices. And that's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah. And now iPad Air users can get access to that as well, which is awesome to bring down accessibility to this accessory to even more people. So for you personally, you're still using the Mac for a majority of your work. What about the Mac operating system makes that be the place to get work done? And do you foresee this ARM transition and changing anything with, you know, what tools you like to use and things like that?
1: Yes. So, So I do use Mac. This is a good question. The future will tell us, but so far, to be honest, uh, I have, uh, I've set up my shortcuts. I have set up my flows on the Mac. I'm a big fan of productivity and efficiency and uh, a little bit of automation. Not like, of course, like we have some (laughs) automation gurus uh, out there. I'm not there yet. And uh, it's just, I don't need that complexity, but I do believe that overall, Apple is heading towards the merging of the two. Right? You've seen the demo on how they show that you now will be able to run iOS apps on your Mac. Right.
0: Which your apps also are on the Mac. Just
1: two of them. Just just for now, it's just two of them. Yeah. So we've, we've built like a dedicated Mac app uh, for uh, for Spark, of course, and uh, PDF experts for Mac is also is also uh, big. Gotcha. So for us, I mm-hmm. not only people love using PDFs on their iPads, which I absolutely love and I read and I annotate and I, and I sign and do all that, all that jazz on my iPad. And I prefer iPad, to be honest, to Mac. But many people still use Mac as their like power machine. That's why we build uh, PDFs from Mac. But uh, the whole transition, Apple makes it easier for us developers to create apps that are cross-platform. So, for example, they've launched Catalyst. Uh, I think it was last year, and now this year they they add some more improvements. And what we will be doing, uh, as we as as you as you know, we have a calendars app uh, for iOS, and uh, so that was uh, iPhone and iPad. And we will create uh, the Mac app. For calendars, um, this is like the most requested feature, and uh, we have more than two million people using our calendars app on iOS, and uh, many of them are asking to bring this to Mac for unified experience. And uh, the new tools by Apple makes it uh, much easier, so we don't have to write from scratch. We are hoping to launch this as as soon as this year, but we'll see. And also, so that's one. So that's like the catalyst tools. And, and the other one is, uh, I think, this um, ARM processors and what they showed at the keynote um, on how you can actually compile iOS app apps and run them on your Mac. And uh, I don't know if you saw this key uh, keynote, but actually Apple picked documents uh, as an example. And uh, they showed uh, at the keynote that You can uh, just easily open up documents app that was designed for iOS on your Mac. And that was a a big surprise to us during WWDC. It was like, wow, that's that's pretty phenomenal.
0: Right, yeah. If you don't want to use the Finder on your Mac, just open up documents. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So a lot of exciting stuff has happened for you guys with this iOS 14 and iPadOS 14 release. And let's start with Spark. So finally, after 14 OS releases... Spark can be your default email client. So what was going through your head when you first heard about this? Uh
1: <laughs> Oh, you know, we've been talking about this a lot. We've been talking about this a lot and we've been waiting for this for a long time and people been asking if this possible or not and uh since um uh, this is possible on Mac, right? You can set up your uh, default email, you can set up your default PDF. It was just very logical step for Apple to add this on iOS. And once that happened, that was like that was very, very good news. That's like Santa Claus comes early this year. Most importantly, the reaction that we have from our users, everybody loves it and everybody was super, super excited. And I think this was one of the most retweeted and uh, and favorited tweets from our Spark uh, email account. Yeah, people loved it. And uh, we did uh, well. We always, as you know, as I always said. Um, we delivered on the day one, so literally on day one uh, of this, we were on the App Store of iOS fourteen, and people were able to set up uh, Spark as default, and this is just great convenience, right? Like, yeah. why, if I'm using this tool, why should I? Why should it prompt me to other default tools? Then I think Apple also taking a stance and thinking about how they are not being in a monopoly and letting other. Other players to and letting people to choose what to use. I think that's actually like the whole legal suit that's got legal mm-hmm. battle that's going on. Very much so. The whole note of of being Apple being a monopolist and so on. So on. I think this was uh, like a good decision for first convenience, of course, and second to show the world that hey, like we're not against it. Like look. You can set up now your browser and your email as default. And um, I think that's that's a very wise choice, and people love it.
0: Yeah, it's clearly something Apple didn't want to market too much that you could do this, but they just added it. It's kind of like, here it is, but we're not going to talk about it that much. <laughs> yep. So uh, you guys have a web browser within the Documents app. Did you consider making this a default browser, or does Apple only want dedicated browser apps as default?
1: Yeah, I think, I think uh, technologically... Have to be like a dedicated browser, right? Yeah. And even a browser in documents is 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 pretty big. Um, I mean, documents is our biggest product in terms of our users. And for those of you guys who don't know what document is, uh, documents is a is a super fi- super app for file action. So it was a, a file manager before, where you can just download and, and carry and play any type of file. But now we're evolving this into the super app where you can do pretty much everything with your files. And that is not being static. Uh, The file, this is a place where your files come to life. Whereas for example, you want to watch a video and then we're giving you the best uh, video player or say you want to work with PDF files and we're giving you tools from PDF experts. You have like the most advanced PDF editing tools. Or if you want to listen to your podcast or music, we are giving you the best kind of media experience uh, and just e- easy way to navigate and go through and organize your albums. And the idea is to become the super app because we have so many people using the product. Uh, we have uh, more than 11 million monthly active users. And these are all people coming organically to our product. We thought that we have over 100 scenarios and jobs to be done within the product And that's why we've just done uh, this uh, amazing transformation from being just a file management app into the kind of the super app for file action and where these files come to life. Because in the end, what is a file? A file is just a piece of information, but the beauty of it, it's it's how you use that information, how you consume that information, when, right? So we just want to like think deeper and on on a different level on how we work with files and uh they have to come to light and they have to be alive as 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 we are and that's why we kind of we um we've done this uh whole next version future vision exercise and uh, i'm telling you guys this is a bit early because uh, we will be launching this brand new version with this positioning uh, later on this year or maybe earlier next year um so Speaking, speaking about browser, uh, as I mentioned, we have 11 million people using documents. Uh, those are active users. And uh, more than a million people daily come to our browser. So that's big, right? Yeah. And I, I don't think it's possible for us to set up documents browser default. But uh, let me double check with my team after this call. This is actually very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but- uh, as you know, Documents is a great app to download your, any file from the internet uh, to your device. Um, and I think Apple added this recently as well. But uh, this was the main reason why people come. You can download zip. You can download any media file documents and you can play it inside the app. And uh, we've seen this tremendous use of the browser and with this increasing concerns uh, regarding the privacy, especially when you're browsing, we decided to add additional uh, subscription for VPN. So for example, right now if you're using documents, right within documents, you can buy uh, the uh, kind of plus subscription. and this will include not only PDF editing tools but also a VPN. That is the fastest, uh, we're using the fastest VPN provider. And this will uh, be actually, this will allow you to securely connect to the internet, uh, not only inside documents, but from your whole device and it protects your iPhone. So we just launched this recently and uh, people seem to love it as well. And we will be adding more of different and professional and uh, interesting tools, this kind of documents plus subscription, where it's a super app real with like 10 different things in one
0: and with the vpn it'd work on your iphone and ipad for that one subscription is that right
1: yes yes and uh, moreover uh, the team is right now is working towards the desktop version of documents so we can once you bought the vpn on your iphone or ipad uh you will be able to use the vpn on your on your mac the windows oh that would be great yeah it just makes sense uh and uh, i was I was the most avid uh, user of, of, of that feature and asking the team, like, hey, guys, okay, it's amazing that we have this on iPads and iPhone. I need this on my on my Mac, too, since I, since uh, if people buy it, they want to be able to use this service everywhere. So the team is working, and hopefully we'll ship it this, this year as well.
0: And with the VPN, you can actually choose what location... You want the VPN to be from. So if you're trying to access content from a certain country, you can say I'm here, and it'll pretend you're there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So for example, I'll give you an example. When I'm in Ukraine, I cannot access. Uh, I think uh, I, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, websites like HBO, or I cannot watch any shows on, on TV because uh, when I when I go to these websites, they say your location is not supported. So that's why I have to use VPN. And then I have access and, I, and I, can, I can buy the subscription and I can watch it. So this is uh, it's very useful.
0: And the VPN is plenty fast to support video streaming and things of that nature, too. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Let's uh, jump back to Spark and then we'll actually jump back to documents because there a lot more, there's, is a lot more documents I want to cover. But with uh, Spark, what does the behavior look like as a default email client? What changes for you as the user?
1: So it's very simple. Whenever you, you, you want to uh, email and whenever you have this mail to at and then there is this uh, uh, email address, if you click it, it just opens up in Spark and uh, you can just write email right away. So it's just like a very fluid experience. Before, it would open a mail app and, for example, I deleted my mail app and that it would just, once I want to cl- click on this, uh, this email link, it would just show me the, uh, the error page and it would be a clumsy experience. Now it just opens up Spark and I have my signature and I have everything predefined and I just like fire up my email very fast and, and that's about it. Okay. I will uh, actually check the data on uh, if the usage have increased, but generally we have a very high. Retention and usage uh, in Spark as it's like more of a daily use product. And uh, I wonder if the default changed the numbers that are already high. And that's interesting trend to watch. But also, I'm very excited about the widgets. This iOS 14 and widgets show something very important. People love customization. Have you seen what happened with Widgetsmith and all this, all this craze?
0: It's miraculous. Like these custom map icons and stuff too.
1: And people just, the, everybody like miss that. And uh, even though I'm there with Apple, like the philosophy that I like is that they are the experts and they should show how things should be done. Whereas like we have a very different approach on Android, right? It's just basically DUI. <laughs> do it yourself and and like uh, and do whatever you want. But then it just showed the appetite for customization and people just want their like their device to be very personal. And I'm uh, I'm impressed by all these guys like Widget Smith and other other apps that kind of felt that this this need and this urge and this desire. Uh, and just launched at the right time. And uh, this is a great success. From our side, uh, we see uh, a lot of usage for widgets as well. As I mentioned, we launched widgets for all our five apps uh, on day one. Uh, Apple has been great with support. We've been included in all these like lists, and we've been featured across uh, all over the world by Apple on the App Store. We've been picked up by press, and people loved it. And so, so this was like one of the most exciting times and exciting launches in a while, to be honest, because uh, our downloads like tripled in a day and people were using that. And to, do some, to give you some um, numbers, uh, to feel the scale on how useful widgets are, especially for apps that are essential, like think of calendars. Uh, we have about 68%, 60 to 68% of users in, of calendars who have iOS 14, they install the widget. Isn't it crazy? It,
0: it's wild, yeah. And there's some really powerful things you can do with these action buttons on widgets. So like with Spark, you if you want to use Spark as like your calendar app, you have this action to just hit calendar button and then you're just transported right into your calendar. So you can actually kind of centralize some of the apps like the multi-purpose apps, these widgets can actually make them more fun to use in their little um, multi-for-purpose uses. So, so with documents, there's a lot of uses there. You could have, say, a widget that has like a button to jump right into the browser, and then you're just using that app as a browser, and then you go back to the home screen, go something else. And the widgets really empower that to happen.
1: I think that the whole notion behind the widgets is to make to make things simple. And what is our what? When we take our iPhones or iPads, what is our first screen? What is our home screen? It's essentially a dashboard, a dashboard of your life. And I've been thinking about a lot about this and kind of thinking, how do I optimize and and what information do I need? So I have a very minimalist home screen. It just works for me. It just gives me a whole overview of things that I have on my plate. Like I have... uh, For example, my calendar widget, my Spark widgets, and my Todoist widget, and just a couple of more icons of my communication tools, and that's about it. And I I can see what's going on uh, there. And uh, with Spark, uh, the numbers are not that high in terms of the uh, usage of widgets as uh, compared to with calendars. I think with Spark, we have around uh, 20 to 30% of our users using widgets. That's still a lot. And uh, people are trying different widgets, and I think uh, the team will will continue playing with how these widgets can be used and improved, and we will see more of interesting probably automation and tools that people are employing and using to kind of to save time and optimize.
0: Yeah. For sure. So you found yourself personally using widgets with messaging apps and a couple of uh, the apps that you guys create yourselves?
1: Not really. So widgets that I use, let me just take my phone. So right now I have um, a widget for, for calendars. I have a widget by Todoist to see what's on my plate uh, today, and uh, widget for Spark is on my second page. And uh, this, this, is, this is it. I don't use any more widgets.
0: Okay, and what's what, I'm just curious, what Spark widget are you using? Because you guys offer a lot of different variants. Some of the calendar, some are your inbox. Like, what what variant do you find yourself using?
1: I'm using this medium size uh, with. Uh, shortcuts in keys where you can like uh, compose new email and where you can simulate as emails so it just shows me information whose email like whose emails are there and if it's something important urgent I'll I'll reply and uh I'm tr- of course I'm trying all of them and giving feedback to the team Yeah very cool
0: and I love the when your inbox is empty it's not like on the Apple Watch uh complications that they have it's like no new messages and it's just kind of boring and kind of irritating how they do it yours is a nice beautiful graphic uh, space about nothing new here, which uh, I love that it does that. Yeah.
1: Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And uh, we will be doubling down on kind of on focusing on the experience around the whole email because, you know, to be honest, uh, we, we talked to a lot of people using email and uh, our goal uh, with spark five years ago when we started was to create the best email experience for professionals. And uh, the majority of people, they just don't like email. Uh, they, they they don't like the feeling of it. Yeah. So we, we thought, let's make them love their email. And that's why we will be adding more and more um, stuff that will help you to actually enjoy the experience. And we will kind of rethink what is the experience. And because uh, email shouldn't feel bad. Email shouldn't feel like work. Email shouldn't feel like obligation or this never-ending pile of, messages that becomes your work right Mm -hmm. it should feel like connection with people because you're talking to people you're discussing ideas you're spreading information you're actually creating something so we want to bring back that this feeling of excitement that it was like once was i guess 20 years ago and this requires uh, both kind of controlling your inbox from and keeping it sane and uh, controlling who can email you and like what you see and showing you what's important and taking care of the rest that is, that is trash or not important. But also, these like small things, once you hit the inbox zero, you have this little affirmation saying, enjoy your time. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture, for example. Yeah. And uh, because there is, a, there is a research that says that people who reach inbox zero are usually much more productive with email and they spend less time with email as opposed to with people who have like inbox, we call this inbox infinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we also want to design different things and different approaches on how to help people to reach inbox zero for the first time and stay that way. And once you're there, this is an amazing s- flow state and you can you can spend le- much less time on your email and uh, the whole experience is much, much better.
0: Yeah, I know David Sparks has like a certain email time of the day and that's like when he does email. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to do this or not for certain people like him of having a widget that is at a certain time of day, it updates to here's all your email and the rest of the day, it even though you may have emails have like this kind of power user mode of Don't worry about these. It's not email time just to be out of sight, out of mind kind of thing.
1: I, I personally like this idea and, um, these are these are called like batch emailing, right? Yeah. So like you can set up times, for example. So email can send you a notification uh, to check email on uh, let's say at at, at eight am, two pm, and, and uh, eight pm every day. And then you would just process that, and then you can set up like VAT people uh, if you get notifications from them. Uh, like email should uh, should should tell you that somebody important messaged you. And we have this concept for a while. In, uh, inside and we, we haven't been doing this but we might and uh, I think this is a very, very good use case uh, for those who want to try this out, this guy that I, that I that I've heard of, um, Andrew Wilkinson they just launched this email called, uh, it's more of an extension for Gmail, it's called Mailman so it does just that so it, it does batch processing times and you can set up uh, when you want to receive email And it's much better to to save time uh, and actually work by batches. And that's very crucial for your productivity and sense of flow and not being interrupted.
0: This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Agenda. In this quick break, I want to talk a little more about Agenda and share some information about some of the tools available in the Agenda Editor. Agenda, if you haven't tried it out, is a great note taking app that really thoughtfully integrates dates into your notes. If you have a meeting coming up, you can use an agenda note to prepare for that meeting and have all the information related to that meeting on hand. You can organize your notes into the main aspects of your life or job and from those main categories, create different projects for everything you are working on. When you are working on an agenda note, you have a bunch of different tools at your disposal to make your note perfect and have all the information right there within the note. For formatting text, you can either write in Markdown or select from the always available formatting bar. This formatting bar lets you format your text with a heading, subheading, minor heading, minor subheading, designate text as code, or create a list in a numbered style, dashed style, or checklist. You also have access to other formatting tools which include the standard bold, italic, underline, and strikethrough, but also includes fixed width, subscript, and superscript. One of my favorite things about the formatting bar is this little plus button. So this plus button lets you add attachments photos from your photo library. Take a photo right there with an agenda to add it to your note. Scan a document. Insert a timestamp or date stamp. Add a star, which flags that paragraph you are working in as important so you can come back to it later. Insert an Apple Pencil drawing. Add a URL to a highlighted word. You can also add agenda links with this method to link one agenda note to another. You can also insert a soft return add a reminder that integrates directly with the Reminders app, assign a person to your note, or add tags to your note. There's also really extensive keyboard shortcuts that make most of these accessible without reaching up to touch the screen. There are so many pages of keyboard shortcuts that I'd love a company to make a keyboard cover like they do for LumaFusion for Agenda. The keyboard shortcuts are so extremely powerful and expansive that you really can control most of the UI with just a simple keyboard command. Agenda also features extensive gesture support. You can expand or collapse categories or notes by pinching in or out, you can long press on many aspects of the interface, and you can swipe from the left or right side of the screen to show or hide various parts of the interface. These swipes can also now be done with the trackpad. Those are just some of the gestures with many more documented in the support area of the Agenda app. The business model of Agenda is another thing I love about the app. When you upgrade to get the premium agenda features, you aren't signing up for a yearly subscription plan. You get to keep every premium feature that is released in the next 12 months, and only if Agenda delivers new premium features you think are worth paying for, do you have to pay again. Developers are constantly working on making you happy as a premium customer during your business again and again. To learn more, go to Agenda.com. Download Agenda today for free from the App Store. Thanks again to Agenda for sponsoring this episode of Ivan Pros. Learn more at www.agenda.com. So another big thing with Spark this year is Office 365 accounts and OAuth support. Is this kind of the one big last request from enterprise users that couldn't use your app for for one of the big reasons of needing this support? That
1: was a big one. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big one. You know, like we saw the Spark for kind of as an email for individual professionals, right, for people like you and I uh, who get uh, like 50 plus emails per day and that then we saw that what if we add these uh, smart collaboration tools where I can create my team and I can share my email set of forward and we can just uh, use comments to chat and discuss this email right within this thread, uh, right? And then, for example, the whole notion of negating emails and keeping track of your emails or writing emails together this is all possible with spark for teams and uh, we've had uh, thousands of teams using this so far and uh as we doubling down on people uh, who are professionals of course they need this uh, they need these features uh, features security features and that's why uh, the team uh, finally shifted and uh we definitely saw a good uptick in usage. People were very happy that they can finally use Spark again as their client of choice in their work setting. Yeah,
0: excellent. And anything else on Spark before we move on?
1: We are working very hard on uh, the new desktop version. This will be a brand new version of uh, of Spark for desktop. And we will kind of reinvent Smart in the Box once again. And uh, we will. this will include both uh, Spark for Mac and Spark for Windows. And this will be our first Windows app ever in our in our history as a company. This might take a little bit of time uh, coming next year. Yeah, we will be kind of rethinking again what is email and how we work. And uh, we will be kind of not just giving the tool, but also we will be advising like more like methodology to enjoy this experience and to be more productive and more efficient collaborative and uh we are like we are working 24 7 on that uh, and this this should be very very exciting once we launch
0: yeah that'll be great because the sparks team it only works if uh you have clients on all the platforms your team's on right
1: yep yep that's right
0: so documents so you mentioned earlier that's kind of an app for a lot of different things and one of my frustrations with iOS is I can't add music to my music app unless I go to my Mac and do iTunes match over there. And this is a really great thing that you're able to do in documents. You're able to download music on Safari now and load it right up in the documents. Uh, so, yeah. you know, how have you seen this usage play out? Uh, and have you guys considered considered adding things like metadata editing and things like that in the future?
1: I think we, uh, the team has uh uh, the team has added some uh, editing of the metadata, and uh, you're right. This this whole scenario of downloading music uh, from uh, the web, from through Safari or for, through our browser, is is huge, and I think in documents, music files are one of the Biggest in terms of the percentage of files, and people really love the uh, kind of media and music capabilities of documents. And then the notion is that that's your own music, don't just stream it, but you can also like own it and like download it and uh, and play with it. Or, for example, if you're a creator, you can uh, create uh, some cool stuff with uh, using GarageBand and so on and so on or you can DJ, or you can do whatever you want uh, with your files. Uh, and this one has been a, a, a huge, huge scenario for a big big chunk of our user base. But yeah, as, as I said, this is becoming a super app for file action, and we're, we'll be adding more exciting stuff very, very soon.
0: Very cool. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to build out playlists and, and integrate with shortcuts in some way for music, and the, yeah, I could see a lot of interesting uses here, and I believe you could store this stuff within iCloud so it's secure and safe and backed up while using documents to do all this great stuff.
1: Yep, we do support iCloud, of course. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that's a really great uh, great way to use documents. And uh, the widgets and documents, are, as you mentioned, are one of your more popular ones, right? What kind of widgets do you guys have available for this app?
1: So basically, we just have widgets of... Uh... Uh, most recent files that you can quickly access them if you've been working with them, and also uh, you can access. For example, you can turn on VPN, which is with one button on the widget, and it looks very very cool. Or you can like launch your browser to download something, or you can you can you can you can go inside documents and search for something. So. Kind of those like, think of this like as shortcuts. Since, since documents is, uh, 10 apps in one, you can activate one of the apps that, that are kind of one of the parts of the, of, of document was just, with the widget. And I don't have the data right now at my hand. We've seen good, good, uh, response from people and I'm actually curious to see how this affected the usage and what people are using. I just haven't had a chance to look at this right now.
0: And that's really neat and really helpful because yeah uh, these apps there's a lot of features that you have in them and being able to jump right into a certain mode is uh, invaluable so scribble support that's a big thing with ipad os 14 that's one of the bigger additions to the operating system for the ipad how have you guys handled what that means for ipad and in your own
1: apps that's big i think that's big and uh there there have been some services that allowed something like this in the past but now this works uh, based on apple in the Apple ecosystem, right? And it just works uh, right within Apple and for container. It's very simple to add. So what we've done, of course, the PDF experts and documents and uh, people uh, do work with a lot of PDF files and especially PDF forms and uh, PDF expert is known for filling out those uh, forms and we do support uh, even like complex forms with like JavaScript and so on and so on. But uh, right now with Scribble and having Apple Pencil, you can just, uh, as you know, write something down in Apple Pencil and this will, will be turned into text. Uh, and that's just like very, very easy to use. And that's very visual. And that's, that's a must have, that's like long overdue. So we have adopted that right away and uh, launched it on day one of iOS 14. And as I said, I like what Apple is doing. That uh, They're doing very cool stuff and they've given this to the developers and uh, the developers are fast enough to adopt. This just creates a better experience of, of you as an iPad user. And I would, love to, I would love to hear from you. What do you think Scribble is for you and how you've been using that? I
0: find it most helpful in apps like Safari where I'm just writing like the URL. I'll write in just the name of the URL, then it'll auto-populate kind of the extension of the dot com or whatever and it makes it just great when i'm just holding my ipad to quickly enter simple text and be able to do that
1: yeah that's interesting because if, yeah if, if you're holding the ipad and apple pencil you don't want to like type in like in the url if don't have your magic Keyboard attached yeah like, like writing down something was with, was with, with your pencil is much faster right
0: and it's just more uh, i guess enjoyable like it's uh... The virtual keyboard sometimes could be faster for say, but it's not as enjoyable. It, it's it's not. It's just a, it, it's it's a much more enjoyable experience laying on the couch and writing with your Apple Pencil.
1: That's that's for sure.
0: And it's kind of funny like dictation still if I'm writing something very long, I don't want to type it. Dictation if I'm in the right environment, I think is better than scribble uh, as far as speed for sure. But some people may prefer the experience of just, you know, old school writing.
1: Well, it, I I I think it really depends on on the length, right and the education has been getting better and better and I think we are we're heading towards this this future where our assistants and devices will will understand us better and we'll have uh, get 99.9% accuracy with dictation Google has been doing great stuff there Apple uh like doubling down on Siri and and I think you've seen the HomePod mini, right? They yeah. wanted it to be this in every every apartment uh, for everyone. And I think and this is like inevitable interface of the future, the voice. But I think, again, it's like this kind of form factor depends on, on the use case, right? And uh, sometimes voice is better. Sometimes you want to write, uh, write things down depending on the situation and the context but um i actually like how this is becoming more and more popular and uh and i think the uh, the adoption is still slow to be honest by people because uh, people are still mostly asking siri i guess about the weather and about the news and may, maybe to set up the the alarm clock <laughs> and uh and that's about it I'm, I'm sure there are other other use cases but um uh, Slowly but surely, Apple will educate, and Google as well, of course, and Alexa as well, will educate that you can actually do much more and this can be can become your actual assistant. I think we are still quite far away from that, but in, in three to five to seven years time, I think we will see a phenomenal growth in this uh, voice-controlled assistants and Integration with our calendar and messaging and emails and deliveries and uh, like whatnot.
0: Right. So let's move on to calendars. This is one of your more popular apps, and you're bringing it to the Mac. Uh, Later this year, hopefully, is kind of the timeline that you guys have laid out. Uh, One of the cool things about your widget is there's a special conference call feature. How does this work? What kind of data do you need to feed your calendar for this uh, widget to function properly? I
1: love this feature, to be honest. I use it all the time. So basically, we just make it easy for you, for everybody who's using widget in our calendar, uh, to just join uh, the conference call or Zoom meeting or any kind of call or Google Meet, Uh, Just by clicking one button that becomes active once the meeting starts right on calendar widget. So earlier this year, we launched uh, in calendars, we launched support for uh, Zoom and Google Meet, right? So you can just like quickly create an event and if you have the integration ready, you can just, with one click of a button, you can add the link to Zoom or Google Meet, right? And uh, you just, like, send this uh, uh, invite to somebody. But once you, once you have this on your schedule, or if, if you've been invited uh, by someone, calendar will understand there is this link to, for example, say, Zoom meeting, right? And, uh, for example, if it's 9 a.m. and uh, as 9 a.m. Zoom call, at 9 a.m., Uh, there will be a a small button, a calendar widget, that will say, join this meeting. And by clicking that, it it will automatically redirect and, and send it to this meeting right away. So you don't have to open a calendar app or you don't have to go somewhere else. It's just there, it's just on your home screen, and it's just like one type of way into joining the call. And it's, again, like our whole idea at Riddle is to make things seamless, right? To make things easier for for you and I and for everybody to just just do things that matter, right? It's yeah. not about being busy, being busy or doing more. It's about the um, kind of simplification, the automation, and getting to the substance and to the core. So, uh, yeah, this is the widget, and I think uh, it's, it's been praised. And I, as I said, it's like about 60 to 68% of, of uh, calendar users, they, they use widgets, and I think this feature is definitely on, on the top of the list.
0: That's great. Uh, so this year, Siri became a lot less obtrusive with it on the iPad and on the iPhone as well, I believe. How do you guys take advantage of Siri with calendars? I believe you can now add events to your calendar w- within Siri. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's very simple. You just, uh, what we've done, we, um, um, as, again, simplification, right? And voice, voice interface. You can just say, Hey Siri, create an event uh, in calendars. Uh, meet Tim tomorrow at 5, 5 PM. And this will just like, this will open calendar. And this, uh, it will understand that, I'm talking about Tim, I'm talking about tomorrow, I'm talking about uh, 5 p.m. And it will auto-populate everything, and this will pre-create the event, so you can just like hit uh, send button, and there you go. Again, simplification of things.
0: Yeah, that's very straightforward. So you just say in calendars, and that's kind of the verbiage that Siri needs to know where to put it. I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. And then Spotlight was also revamped in iPadOS 14, does Calendars take advantage of the new Spotlight in any uh, significant ways?
1: Well, we, we, we've tried to um, update all our products. So you can search things in Spotlight. And it's not just Calendars. It's also Scanner Pro and other apps where you can search for something. And, and then you will see this within the app. And again, I think Apple is doing a great job in unifying the platform experience. And we just want to support that. So basically, we're just adding that stuff. And you can... Either search or um, like search for actions and and take actions on different apps um, and uh, find information very easily.
0: Very cool. And with Spotlight Scanner Pro, a big request of your uh, your company has been OCR text and putting that into Spotlight. Yeah. So how does that work, and how quickly does that text get into Spotlight? To
1: to avoid technical technical kind of things. Uh, As you know, in Scanner Pro, we have this uh, OCR functionality where for those of you guys who don't know what OCR is, basically, you can uh, take a picture of a Scanner Pro and it will convert this into a good looking PDF file. And as a next step, you can uh, ask Scanner Pro to recognize text. So basically, this algorithm will run through and it will recognize the letters and words on this document and then you can just uh then copy and paste this into your notes or word or email and uh once you ocr that uh we've added this uh this thing that you can actually search for the parts of that document of that text that's been ocr right from the spotlight so once again this is like lowering the entry barrier and reducing the amount of steps that needs to be taken to reach what you need, right? To give you what you need and uh, so that you can find and access those documents, for example. Very cool.
0: And then anything else on um, calendars or Scanner Pro?
1: We're launching uh, the brand new version of Scanner Pro. We've spent over a year rethinking, rethinking what is scanning and what ha- how it's evolving from, just as I said, as a tool of like a scanner,
0: right?
1: Yeah. It was like a scanner in your pocket. This was our tagline. And we were one of the first on the on the in the industry to come up with that, and everybody copied that. And uh, right now we've been thinking, okay, what's next? What's the next step? And clearly, uh, since this becomes a commodity as a scanner app as a tool, we're now going into a different concept. We're going into a concept where it, not only it, it is a scanner in your pocket, but also it's a place where you can. S- Store and work with your important documents. So, think of Scanner Pro kind of transforming into a secure, a very comfortable space where you can store your IDs, where you can store your passport, driving license, your documents, or like anything that you have in paper, anything that you want to digitize and store securely and have yeah. like an easy access. And then later on, even to work with that, right? We've added this uh, feature that supports pencil. So you mm-hmm. can sign stuff, you can highlight stuff and so on and so on. And we, we will be adding in the new Scanner Pro, we'll be adding a lot of optimization in terms of the even better OCR and faster OCR and how you can work with those documents. And this will kind of transform, as I said, in, from just like simple scanning into, into like this important space uh, where you can comfortably store and work with your files. And this is uh, coming this year as well. So uh, this quarter, this fall (laughs) and December (laughs) will be very, very busy for us because basically we will be launching for almost for all our apps except Spark. We'll be launching brand new versions with like brand new big, big, big features. Yeah uh, or, or like new platforms as, as a, for example, with calendars, right. And scanner pro will have like a major new version that we've been working over over a year with the new concepts. Documents will be revamped into the super app from being just a file manager and uh PDF expert, by the way, uh, it's our biggest app in terms of the, um, revenue and, uh, people love it. Uh, we will be launching the brand new, uh, PDF expert three, four Mac. And, uh, and as I said, this will be probably one of the most busiest quarters for us, and uh, a lot of exciting times. And uh, I like how Apple is supporting us with new technologies, and we just trying and we just doing our best to adopt these and think think through of how can we make our lives and uh, lives of of people easier and simple, and uh, and turn these apps that were once tools into full fledged services that are. Easy to use that provide tremendous recurring value, and uh, that not only with not only utilitarian value, but also that make people feel good. You know, all mm-hmm. those small things, all the details, and we spend a lot of time thinking about the details, like doing these animations or like like little celebrations of hitting the inbox zero, or sending a file or scanning a file. Those things matter, and uh, those are seems to be like in every in our everyday life, but just the overall experience and the feeling. We want to have this feeling of celebration of life rather than the busy and uh, busy and boring work. Yeah. So this is, this is where we had it.
0: That's really cool. Something as you were talking about kind of the wallet idea of your driver's license and maybe your health uh, insurance card is how mm-hmm. cool it would be if you guys had a companion Apple Watch app and you wouldn't want to probably look at scans on your apple watch because the screen's so small but how cool would it be if you used ocr to have kind of some metadata about your health insurance card to just have the text of here's some of your files in scanner pro here's relevant text from you know certain files in your wallet per se about here's your driver's license number and things like that
1: that's actually very 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 cool once you have like Please, whatever thoughts you have, or you guys, if you're listening, you can reach out uh, to me directly. It's Dennis at com, which is D-E-N-Y-S at Riddle, dot ecom with your ideas, or maybe you have some struggles, or maybe you have some scenarios that you want to be finally solved by, by someone, and we... Uh, we actually do take care of of, of what people want, and uh, I'd be glad to hear some suggestions because definitely it's like just all these all of these news that I just mentioned these are all first first steps right yeah. and uh, thinking about scanner Pro becoming like a wallet, I thought like, of course this should be like more like a wallet for where you can upload your important documents and for example, using Siri shortcuts, you can say, "Hey, Siri, show me my passport." And this will open up Scanner Pro and, on your, and then your passport. For example, I need this when I travel or um, I need to show like, my passport to like, in different situations or like, my driver license. So automating that and doing things like that, that as you mentioned, with Apple Watch, that's very, very interesting. Uh, so please do, uh, think about this. And if you have any ideas or thoughts or feedback, uh, I'll be very, very happy to uh, get them and uh, think through them and pass this to our team. So they can deliver these great experiences.
0: Excellent. Yeah, you know, and something with Scanner Pros. Just thinking about LiDAR is now on the pro- iPhone Pros and iPad Pros. Uh, does scanning? Are you guys taking advantage of that to make the scanning even more? I guess better finding the edges and things like that, or is it not a big help there?
1: For sure. Not only that, uh, we are working our. our the department is working on being able to identify what kind of document that is and automatically tag it. And think this is like a little bit of futuristic vision, but also like think of this: uh, once I scan, uh, let say, a check that I want to reimburse and send it to my employer, for example, uh, Scanner Pro will automatically understand that this is a check, and it might automatically give you a, like a suggested workflow based on your past experiences or so like past actions of what you might want to do with this. For example, like you want to, this, 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 this is a check. And for example, it will tag it and it will like suggest you to email to this address, which is your corporate address and you, you will get your reimbursement. So this is all work in progress, but we do think this is like, uh, this is the beauty of technology, understanding what's around in our real world and somehow helping us automating and suggesting of what to do with this based on both historical data and smart predictions and AI.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And then I guess finally, PDF Expert, anything you want to mention on that before we wrap it up?
1: I think I just mentioned that we're working on uh, the launch of PDF Expert 3 for, our, for Mac. This will be also like a whole revamp and redesign and a lot of new things there. Hopefully this, this should be live this year as well um i'm lost like i i'm sure this should be live this year as well and uh the beauty is that was was this launch i think will unify the subscription for both mac and ios so if you're buying from mac uh you will have also a subscription for ios and this just makes things easier and you, you can you can use this product uh all, all on all your devices yeah i i think uh this is as much as I can tell right now because we still kind of... We don't, we don't publicly release any, any information about yeah. the thing. So for those of you guys who listen this, please let's keep this between us. <laughs> and, um, and I think, uh, as I said, uh, this is exciting times. And uh, if any of you have any ideas on how to improve productivity and how to, how to improve efficiency uh, with Apple or if you have cool workflows do let, let us know we'd love to hear because we we're passionate about this and we just want to save time as and because time is the most precious resource uh, that we have in our lives and also make it also a joyful and fun experience because otherwise what's the whole point on, on it all
0: yeah absolutely And there was a nice little tweak to the UI with PDF Expert. You can tap and hold in the back button, and it'll kind of show you all the subfolders. So there's some nice just UI things in that app and some of your other apps that have kind of updated to some of the iOS 14 conventions that have rolled out system-wide. Yep. Thank you, Tim. So uh, where can people find more information about your apps?
1: So you can just go to our website, which is readle.com, r-e-a-d-d-l-e.com, and/or you can go to tdfexpert.com, or you can go to sparkmailapp.com and find all the information. And um, yeah, and as I said, you can email me or like tweet me directly and I'll be happy to engage and uh, listen to your feedback. Great. Thank you
0: so much, Dennis, for your time today. It's been great learning more about all of your awesome updates and some that are still on the, on their way.
1: Thank you, Tim, and thank you, everyone.
0: Well, that was my interview with Dennis. Thanks to Dennis for his time recording this interview, and thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in to this week's episode of iPad Pros. My thanks to Agenda for sponsoring iPad Pros. Go to www.agenda.com to learn more about their awesome app, and download the app today for free on the App Store to get started. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.